0: Okay, Kevin, so what did we just watch?
1: We just watched the uh, revival reboot of Law and Order, the first episode, which was Law and Order season 21, episode one, The Right Thing,
0: which aired on February 24th, 2022.
1: And I would say this was actually the wrong thing. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Yeah, this sucked.
0: Guys, we were so excited for the revival. We were. We but were then, uh, then we then were then... intrigued. Shut. We were intrigued by the revival. Well, that, that
1: makes it sound like we're having like little Law and Order theme parties to celebrate. That we're calling our friends. That we had little Law and Order calendars counting down the days. We weren't excited. I think that we makes, led our lives. I think that says
0: a lot about your mind. But I would say that in general, you and I, we watched uh, season twenty of Law and Order, the previously the last season before it ended, and. We were pleasantly surprised when you say it's season twenty of Law and Order, and Van Buren has a cancer scare, and they're they're kind of on their last legs. You're thinking, okay, it's pretty bad. And listen, some episodes were, but some episodes were actually not so bad. They were they were all right. You know, you I mean, you, they were enjoyable.
1: There was more than one episode that made you stand up and cheer and say, Kevin, this. It's television. And I
0: know that you were uh, typing out some great Law & Order Season 20 fanfic as a result of your inspiration from from those shows.
1: They made, in Season 20, I, I know no one cares, and I barely care myself, but they made a major plot point out of the two lead detectives shaving. Like one day... <laughs> yeah, that was fun. One day Van Buren comes in and says, but you know what, boys, you should shave. And say, oh, darn it. And then they shave.
0: I I thought those two detectives, at first I was like, these guys are clowns. And I was like, the DA's office is good. And then by the end, I was like, the DA's office are clowns and the detectives are good. So I, I don't know. Uh, make of that what you will. But I, I I legitimately thought the detective side was stronger than you'd think. They, they had some fun episodes. They did some dumb shit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's Law and Order, right? And it's, it's Law and Order is
1: season 20. So let's be clear. We did watch season 20, but it's not like we watched season 20 in preparation for watching no, season 20. No, no. We just happened we to watch it. We watched this like like six, seven months but ago. But when I
0: saw that Anthony Anderson was coming back to reprise you know, his role as Detective uh, Kevin, Kevin Bernard then i i I was kind of like, okay, cool, like I kind of liked his vibe with detective Lupo uh Lupo's not gonna be in it, but you know we'll see we'll see we'll see detective Kevin come back and, and instead I just was felt I felt sorry for everyone involved <laughs> so um woof guys okay so this w- wolf you, you yeah woof wolf uh we if you've listened to our past episodes on law and order, you'll know that we have a pretty low opinion of svu in general in terms of just being shit writing but this made svu look like i mean consistent and it's a very inconsistent show it made it look consistent and coherent this really felt in some ways much more like just a reheated svu plot where they're like hey let's do a riff on the bill cosby thing and but instead of using it for S V U, they're like, ah, uh, I'm, uh we have to do a season premiere for Law and Order now, so let's just pop it in there, have the guy get murdered. So basically, this this episode is what would happen if Bill Cosby got murdered after being released from prison on the technicality. Yes. So already starting like somewhat offensive, given how ripped from the headlines that feels, but. It's going to get worse because they didn't even do it any justice. Um, we have Kevin Bernard returning as the sort of the senior detective and his junior partner
1: is some. Tell us about his junior partner. Yeah.
0: It's some white dude named Frank. I don't even remember his last name. He, this guy sucks. I mean, this guy, this guy sucks. Uh, He's, he basically serves as the show's mouthpiece or like pissed off white people who thinks the woke, who think the wokes have gone too far. And I feel like the show's kind of like, you know, maybe he has a point. <laughs> All he does is yell at everybody. He has no personality beyond that. Which is funny because I remember Kevin Bernard was like so, kind of oftentimes the more conservative one in the previous season, he'd be like, well, you know, abortion is kind of, uh, you know, bad. and But, like, in this one, he's the liberal guy who's like, maybe we shouldn't be rude to black people. And his white partner is like, back in the day, cops could be rude to black people. No one was shoving phones in their faces. And it's like, what am I watching? What the fuck is this? I I mean, like, in, in I mean, what happened to, I mean, we watched a couple of episodes of season five that, have, of course, had Lenny Briscoe and uh, what was his younger the younger Benjamin Bratt's name?
1: Benjamin Bratt, whatever Ray the, Curtis,
0: Ray Curtis, and like that was, you know, it was like, oh, I'm an old guy, oh, I'm a young guy, we don't always get along, blah blah blah, and it, but it was like, you know, they weren't like making a big deal of it constantly. It wasn't like this. This is just like, I mean, talk about, I mean, talk about just being so obvious, embarrassingly so, and this guy's yelling, oh, they're trying to defund us. All this talk, I mean, Jack McCoy, who's like in previous seasons is like kind of like the "who devil may care guy. Now he's the DA and he's like, we don't want to castrate the police. And it's like, what, what am I, what, what is this? It what I think law and order is and at people, its weakest when it tries to make some big ass political point that it like barely seems to understand.
1: And, and the people who are seen to take more liberal point of views in the public are made in this episode to look like idiots.
0: Screaming banshees yelling about rape in the streets. That's what that's what anti-rape activists are made to look like. Like it's not it's not subtle what side the show is taking in terms of, you know, crime is bad, yes, but people who don't like rape are even worse. <laughs> like they're they're screaming and running around and supporting murderers. I mean, I, I don't yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty abysmal, actually.
1: Um, and also, uh, when we talk about the betrayal of women on the show, it brings back mm. uh, a female ADA from the past, just basically to shit on her.
0: Yeah, Jamie Ross from pr- past seasons, who you know, in 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 the past was like this tough former defense attorney who switched sides because she helped um, get a you know awful serial killer kind of guy acquitted and sort of felt bad for it and she's kind of like this tough working woman who's like balancing motherhood and and working and and you know like you're kind of like you like her she's cool and sometimes she classes she yeah she actually clashes with jack more so than you know you know like she kind of give it back to him but in this of course she's the da who she's the ada who fucked up the original Cosby case and did something so that he was able to get out on a technicality later on and she's just racked with guilt about it and she uh, essentially helps the um, woman who killed Bill Cosby, one of his rape victims uh, get away with murder and takes the fifth on the stand and she and Jack don't even interact, which I thought was an odd choice. They don't even interact at all. Jack just sort of stares at her across the courtroom disapprovingly and so it's like I don't know. I just, I, I, I guess it, it was not, it was not an intri I mean, every beat that you think they're going to hit, they hit. It was not an interesting story. It was not a well-told story. It all felt vaguely offensive and sort of like, it felt to me like somebody was making a really bad parody of Law & Order, but like made it boring. <laughs> like no laughs just just trying to take out the most base and stupid elements of the show and really sort of i mean i i remember this was coming out and we were kind of like okay we're going to definitely catch and we missed it but like there was no one talking about it on social media that i saw afterwards there was no like reaction which now now seems like that was an ominous sign
1: yeah we waited almost a week to watch this we we felt disappointed that we forgot to watch it when it aired.
0: And like, but like, no one was talking about it. And like, I feel, I don't know. This is just, this is just, I mean, this is leftover SVU scripts. I mean, this is fucking sad. This is scripts that didn't make SVU, the, what we just saw, in my opinion. SVU, of course, doesn't have the legal element anymore. It's pretty much mostly on the cops, and then kind of they tack on the legal stuff at the end. Sometimes they don't even bother. So Hugh Dancy is the new, like, head ADA. He's, like, really overacting. I, I'm not really familiar with his work, so, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like so many people are overacting in this. That tells me it's a direction problem and a writing problem as opposed to necessarily an actor problem.
1: There's always an attractive young female assistant, assistant and district attorney, and the, the actress playing that role uh, is doing her best. She'll come strutting in. She sure. talks really snappy and says, so, Well, you know this, and you know this, and you know this, and no, I'm out of here. And she leaves. She seems to have a little bit of energy.
0: I liked her. She had, she wasn't given a ton to do, but she, like, you could almost see her being an attorney. Like an attractive, nice attorney who's smart. Like she gave off that energy. Everyone else was just like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, just screaming and yelling and uh, acting in the most Broadway possible. I mean, wait, when Hugh Dancy and the defense attorney were like yelling at each other in the, in the judge's office, I, like that often happens. That's a scene we've seen so many times in law and order history. But for some reason, it just seemed so phony that I was like completely taken out of of suspension of disbelief and I was just sitting there thinking actual attorneys would not speak like that to one another in front of a judge or to the judge or act like this this is just insane and again we've seen versions of this again and again but this was so wooden and so clunky that I just like I came out and was like well I'm just watching people yell on a on a tv set and this is just I can't get into this story at all god so basically, this lady shoots Bill Cosby because she was one of his rape victims and she's mad he got let out. They figure it out and they convict her and she gets sent to jail. That's that's the show. And if, if you're wondering, okay, where's the twist? Normally, the twist is the thing I hate. Normally, the twist is the thing I think makes it so... It, it'll be like, hey, what if it wasn't this obvious thing that actually mirrors real life crimes? What if it was this dumb bullshit that turns out to be some big conspiracy and like it gives people the wrong impression on crimes, but in this one, like it would have been nice to have something at the end because it was just like okay, shrug. I mean,
1: they just look sadly up at uh, the courthouse.
0: I mean, Hugh Dancy is just kind of like, let's fry this bitch, you know? What I mean, like, it, like they, like he doesn't like. There's no nuance or like, okay, well maybe she was traumatized. Let's think about it from a from a different like a mental health perspective. There, it feels very much. It feels like very much like a kind of a middle finger on like. I would have having them almost not address some of like the hot political issues right now almost might have been a better storytelling approach because I don't feel like they have the chops to pull off discussing serious issues. They have the chops to pull off a good procedural episode, but they don't seem to be able to get any of the nuance or like points around defund the police. I mean when you have this mouthpiece this like white dude ranting about, you know, it's terrible that people are allowed to film us you know, abusing them nowadays. It's just like, what are we supposed to agree with him? And then they have Kevin Bernard kind of being like, well, I don't know if I see it like that. It's not like he's pushing back hard or yelling at him or anything. They're just kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, (laughs) good God.
1: So there's this Superboy story that a lot of people don't talk about and like to pretend didn't exist where Superboy is flying out in space and he comes uh, across a sealed uh, capsule in which are his mother and father from Krypton alive, but in suspended animation. And he's thought all these years that his parents were killed in the explosion of Krypton. So he's excited because he says, now I can revive them and get to know my parents. And what a grand thing that will be. But there's like a note attached to this capsule, which says, well, darn the luck, the the notice from uh, Superboy's parents, and it says, shortly before the explosion of Krypton, we were exposed to kryptonite somehow. And so if you revive us, we'll die a slow and painful death. So the charitable thing to do is just leave us in suspended animation. And Superboy says, sure, and flies off. And so I think that Dick Wolf should have done what Superboy did, yeah. Just leave this show in suspended animation. Instead, he revived it selfishly. And now we all get to see it die a slow and agonizing death. But what I want to ask you well let's said. say there's an alternate reality where Dick Wolf hires you. Uh oh. Anya Kane.
0: Anya Wolf. <laughs> You're not going
1: to marry him. You're married to me. I'm the wolf now. You can be Kevin Wolf. (laughs) I'm not going to marry him. You're still Anya Kane, and you're still married to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You've just gone crazy here. He hires you. He says, but you're going to stay married to Kevin. But even though you're married to Kevin, you're going to run season 21 of Law and Order. Tell me who you cast. Tell me how you do it. Tell me how you do the stories. Tell me how you do it better.
0: I, it's like, I don't even care enough to really have a dream cast in my head. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I do the stories. And here, here's how I approach the writer's room. Okay. I, I got my big cigar. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all agitated. And I'm like, write down. Cause I mean, law and order always does issue stories, right? I mean, that, that they, that's what they've always done. They've done ripped from the headline stuff and issue stories and I'd be like, write down some of the headlines, write down some of the issue stories, and then let's take the headlines and let's jumble some of them up <laughs> so they're a little bit more tasteful, right? Maybe we take part Cosby, part something else,
1: right? What, what would you combine with Cosby? I'm not going to
0: even speculate because we don't really talk about crimes on this show, typically. Okay. But but I'm gonna we're going to mix them up so they're a little more tasteful. So they're right from the headlines, but they're like then blended. And... Because I think there's something very tasteless about this. And there always has been, but it's even more glaring nowadays when they're trying to also try to try to try to be woke almost, but they're also trying to be like, fuck wokeness. So I mean like they're trying to do it too many things. And then with the issues, I'm gonna say, great, these are some issues we can tackle, but we're going to make it fucking subtle. And we're gonna like write these characters. If we're going to bring back Kevin Bernard, we're going to think about where this person would be right now in his career and what kind of things he would be doing and how is he different from the younger version of himself we saw back then. Frankly, instead of bringing some like asshole newcomer to just yell at everybody, I would try to look back and see if any other old OGs were available, even if they weren't on it for a long time. And and you know something like that. I mean something like that. So because then, and if not that, then I would pair Kevin Bernard with a probably either like a younger person who who's either female or, God forbid, get some LGBTQ person in there. Something you know, just something different. Like why does he have to have like this old white guy partner who's just yelling about everything? And if someone was like, no, that guy is the network executive's son. We have to have him in. I would say, all right, well, that, that's you don't need to write him to be an asshole because that's just not terribly fun to watch in this case. maybe he Maybe he's learning some things or he's doing some things wrong and, you know, grows over time. But having him be kind of quote-unquote right in this episode just feels insulting to everyone's intelligence and feels like, just some reactionary bullshit. So I think in general it would be fun to see a, a 2022 law and order in theory, but um, like they needed to tone this down like five.
1: So you have Kevin Bernard being Lenny Briscoe. Yeah. What if you have Kevin Bernard being uh, Captain Kragen?
0: Sure. Yeah. I I might bring Kevin Bernard in as the as the Van Buren Kragen character. I don't know who this lady is. She just seemed to serve to, to agree with the white dude on everything and kind of just give exposition. Make him that and then, you know, have, have a, you, we could get creative here, you know? Hey, get, get Munch back in there. Maybe give him the, the, the Craig Craigin position and then Kevin's the Lenny Briscoe and- He's already retired. Oh. I, with the times. Well, maybe they bring him back because they're desperate. You're the only one we can trust. But anyways, get I get over your
1: munch obsession. I'm
0: just saying, you know, he kind of got for, for you know, kind of pushed off that show randomly. Um
1: you still hold a grudge about it. Well, I'm just like You never complained once about SVU until they got rid of Munch.
0: That's not true.
1: You said Kevin this is the best show on television.
0: SVU was like good for 5 minutes and and she has been a decaying star ever since, just just going to turn into a black hole eventually. Suck a, suck all of us in.
1: Um, so is there a crime show you actually like?
0: I mean, I just think law and order in general... I mean, this was embarrassing. Law and order at its best is like, that was a satisfying, fun procedural. You know, they solved it. Like they kind of hit all... It was exciting. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then it had like, it all came together. And that often... It often becomes very insulting when they try to tackle issues in ways that don't... A, don't match the real world issues... And B, are not satisfying in terms of storytelling. It, it sort of all falls apart.
1: I, th- I think nowadays if a person has uh, an itch for a rip from the headlines, true crime type of story, you know, just get uh, Discovery Plus and you can stream a true crime show. And even the documentaries on there about real cases would offer more subtlety and more nuances than something like this.
0: I agree. What would you want to see in like if you if Dick Wolf came to you after this episode came out and be like, Kevin, the ratings are a disaster. I want you to become Kevin Wolf and fix Divorce Anya and fix this.
1: Divorce Anya, reassess your own personal sexuality. once Once you And then marry me it's
0: not about marriage, it's about becoming the wolf. The wolf is the man who, or woman, who
1: runs a lot of So I'm doing order. some sort of sex game with Dick No, wolf. it's not a sex game. Is it like game. cosplay where I dress up as a wolf and say, I'm the wolf now, Dick? Is that what you're positive? You've obviously
0: thought a lot about this instead of your reboot ideas. <laughs> but go ahead and share the reboot ideas. I think we can both agree that probably it should just be left. Dead. I, I I appreciated and respected your superboy metaphor and I thought it was very apt. But like if You for, love
1: it when I talk about Superboy. But
0: yeah, it's great. But if 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 for some reason we had to do this, you know, what do we do?
1: Uh I think stick to the original format, which was more about the cases than the characters. With the original format, you did not know much about the characters at first. You gradually, over the course of episodes, there'd be a line here or a line there, and you'd begin to figure them out. This one was like the pilot of a TV show where they wanted to give each new character a scene so you could figure an idea of their personality, and that didn't work, and it was abysmal. Uh, Also, keep in mind that you can't really cover the racial issues and stuff associated with the police in any kind of a competent way in 42 minutes. And also maybe get actors who are used to saying police procedural dialogue in a believable way. The, The woman who was the lieutenant on this show, whenever she had to say well, why don't you – if she had to say any police procedural talk, it sounded like she was awkwardly reading a script.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think you really hit something. We watch these shows because the jobs and the cases are interesting. We want to see what it would be like to, like, be on the inside in some sort of, like, case. And – what these shows mistakenly think is that we're like just like, oh my God, like what's Jack, who's Jack McCoy having sex with? or like, what, who, what are these people doing? Oh, was, was Ben uh, Stones was he a mean dad to his son? No, no one gives a shit. We just want to go to work with these people and then leave. I mean, like these are not this is not like fascinating character studies. The best work these actors are able to do is when they're given some subtle material that they can bring their own personality and spin to. That's, that, that, you're doing, they all think, oh, no, I need the big Emmy episode where I can cry or some shit. But, just, I mean, the actual good work that people appreciate is the subtlety and the nuance. And what I think they should have done would be to, if they wanted, you know, like, listen, you could say all oh, this is copaganda, and sure, yes, but if they're, <laughs> but, I mean, at this point, it's just not even fucking entertaining. If, if they could, if they wanted to do this right, they should have gone Specifically, I'm thinking at this point to the DA's office or like talk to ex DAs and talk to ex public defenders and been like, what what do all these kinds of shows get wrong? And take take that into account. And and try to maybe be a little bit more realistic and find creative ways to make the realism entertaining. Because at this point the, the non-realism and all the bullshit is, is just fucking boring. This fucking... Ugh.
1: So let's say, hypothetically, Dick Wolf has lured me out of our marriage and I've married him and you file a massive civil suit against NBC and Dick Wolf Entertainment and they offer you a settlement which you accept where you will get to pick out any show in television history, any crime show in television history and reboot it. So which crime show from the past do you think would most work in 2022? And how would you do it?
0: Every time you ask me one of these questions, I want to kill you because I can't, then I just blank out on it. Like what? I can't even think of a single crime show. Um. So like, are you talking about specifically police procedurals or any anything? Anything? I don't know. I would love to see another show rise up that's sort of like let's get a actor that everybody loves and have them solve mysteries. I mean, you know, that's just that's a good formula. That's a good form. I mean, like Columbo or you know,
1: I love Murder She
0: Wrote, I Magnum lo- PI. I
1: love uh, an over the top character in a very realistic world. So I'd love to see something like Kojak.
0: Love Kojak. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Do like a co- – don't call it Kojak. Like, we don't need the Kojak mythos or some bullshit about, oh, here's Kojak's origin stories. Just, like, do a Kojak-style show with some actor that everybody loves that's just chewing the scenery and going nuts in a fun way.
1: But and everything around him is real. Everything,
0: everything around him is pretty realistic. And dark. Because then it's fun and entertaining because the character's fun and entertaining, But it's not like treating crime like LOL, you know, look at this serial killer doing stuff. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and and like all this, I mean, if you want us to care about the character, then make it an interesting character. Don't like. I mean, like, I, I don't. The only person who I felt like I actually liked in this episode was like the. The woman ADA who did the closing argument at the end. And that was just because, she, for some reason, she just seemed to me to be taking it a little bit more seriously than everyone else. It was like trying, bringing some energy, like, hey, we're going to do this case. And everyone else is just like overacting, chewing the scenery. I love the idea of Sam Watterson being in the DA seat because he was such a firecracker as an ADA And now it's like, okay, well... He's not
1: a firecracker anymore.
0: No, and that kind of was sad. I mean, like, and, like, I guess maybe that's realistic. Like, once you get the top spot, maybe you're kind of more, like, uh, cautious and stuff. But nonetheless, it would have been nice to see more of the old McCoy or, like, what would that guy look like in the DA? Like, would he still be throwing any bombs, so to speak, in terms of how he does things? Instead of just making him kind of like, okay, no, this is the conservative you know, DA guy typically
1: how how would you how would you describe how Sam Waterson looks in twenty twenty two? Be respectful. I hope he's okay. And you leave it at that. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, again, I I actually like the idea of having him be the DA. I think that's fun. Because, like, we've seen this guy over all these years. We've seen him do all these different kind of crazy things. So what's this guy looking like as DA? I could almost imagine you doing kind of a maybe an arc where, like, maybe some of his past crazy decisions come back to bite him in the ass or I don't know. But I think that would take better writers than they have. All of this, this felt, it wasn't just enough to be, like, dumb it felt like paint by the numbers dumb it wasn't like they were swinging for the fences or anything here or trying anything new or trying you know try it didn't feel like they were even really trying to recapture the magic it was like this is a script that we put together in two minutes let's go through it 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 didn't even have anything interesting to say about mental health or like rape or you know anything it felt like an ai machine wrote an svu episode but then they put an s a law and order twist on it so anything else to add kevin
1: no kevin wolf <laughs> i've left you kevin's
0: joining the wolf pack
1: we had a good I was run. talking
0: about it in a joking fashion to indicate that Dick Wolf's real last name wasn't Wolf, but it's like a title given to him.
1: You talk about leaving me for Dick Wolf for that that Dick Wolf style glamour. As I just explained, Those Dick Wolf style dramas and production budgets.
0: <laughs> As I just explained, I was making I was making a humorous and fanciful joke about how leaving me about how we would be both become wolves if we were writing for like everybody who who runs the show has to be last name wolf
1: makes no sense so
0: we'd be Anya and Kevin Wolf and Lanny would be Lanny Wolf <laughs> we we walk in we walk in like with our little notebooks on the first day of, of the writing we're all so excited and we walk in Lanny's there too and we walk into the office And standing on the desk is just a big gray wolf. And we're just like, oh, that...
1: That, That's the dick wolf?
0: That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) We all leave disgusted. (laughs) Of course, Landy would probably try to fight it. (laughs) So I would say my five-star final is that the right thing... Starts off Law & Order Reboot on the wrong foot.
1: Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at Mystery to Me Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
1: And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at MysteryToMe Podcast. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.